You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Hello, Colts fans, and welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. My name is Joe Hopkins, joined, of course, by Mike Chappell. Today is our first recap episode of the 2022 season. Mike, uh, we've not been in this position before. We're not here to discuss a loss nor a victory. What are your thoughts on uh, how are you doing, first of all, and what are your general thoughts entering a Monday with no win or loss? Well, I was I was alive the last time they tied. You probably weren't. It was 1982. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, they didn't lose, but this is one. You look at the schedule, you're always going to lose one you shouldn't and win one you, you shouldn't. But when you play division, you play at Houston, a team that's rebuilding, it's a game you got to win. And you can try to spin it however you want, but this was a major missed opportunity. Missed opportunity for the Colts. We're going to recap the game, discuss takeaways, and of course check in on the rest of the AFC South, see exactly where their division foes uh, settled after Sunday's dust. But we start here with a game recap. Colts visit the Texans week one heading into the game. Uh, I'm sure if the, you're a Colts fans, you already knew that the Colts had lost eight straight division openers. The Colts get the ball and their season starts with three and out three straight. Jonathan Taylor touches gains just nine yards and the Colts have to punt right away. But the defense would do their job and force a three and out of their own, giving the Colts back second possession starts on the 26-yard line for Indianapolis. Second and 10 now, Matt Ryan finds Michael Pittman Jr. for 17 yards. He'd be busy in this game. After picking up a third and one with his legs, Ryan would find Pittman for eight-yard gainer and setting up uh, eight-yard gainer on third and seven, setting up a first and 10 at Houston's 35. But the drive would stall with three consecutive JT touches that gained just eight yards. Fourth and two at Houston's 27. Frank Wright decides to just kick the field goal this time, and the Colts get their first points of the season, three to nothing, Indianapolis. Second possession for the defense, and their second three and out of the ball game. Indy gets the ball back at the 30-yard line, and the offense would march right down the field. 11-yard pass to Hines, 20-yard pass to Mike Strawn. JT finally springs loose on the ground, goes off right tackle for another 17. A couple more Jonathan Taylor carries, gains 13 more yards, and the Colts have a first and goal at the nine. First down, Taylor is stuffed for a two-yard loss. Second down, Matt Ryan would find the rookie, Alec Pierce, in the back of the end zone, but he drops it. A tough debut for the rookie who failed to record a catch in this one. Later in the game, he was also evaluated for a concussion after taking a brutal hit over the middle. We'll talk more about Alec Pierce's debut a little later in the show. Third down, Ryan hits Naheem Hines for a nine-yard gain. That'll set up a fourth and goal from the two-yard line. The Colts decide to run a wildcat play, direct snap to Naheem Hines. Mike, this play really had no chance. Hines was blown up immediately for a two-yard loss. Colts turn the ball over on downs. What are your thoughts on uh, kind of that final goal-to-go situation with the drop of Pierce and then that play call on fourth and two? Well, the, 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 wild cart, the Wildcat's always a controversial call when it doesn't work. And, you know, I, I Frank said it's a play that they really liked. 
play they've had success with, and, and that's fine. Houston played it really well. The the defensive end, who sort of gets, he's going to get the 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 handoff to, to Taylor, but he came off that and it just just smothered Hines. It had no chance to work at all. And when when the rookie drops a touchdown, we wouldn't be having this discussion if he catches it, and it wasn't. You know, it was a it wasn't a tough catch. It was it was. You know, it was right there. He let him perfect, and he just didn't secure it. And those are the ones you just scratch your head at because you got to make the play. When the time comes, make the play, and then we're not talking about a fourth and goal wildcat or whatever. So unfortunate, and as we've seen, it came back to bite the Colts big time because it just it totally shifted momentum back to Houston. It really did, and, you know, Hines – not only being stuffed, but losing two more yards on the play gave Houston a little bit of extra room as well. That play, a complete disaster. I really don't, you know, if you want to run the Wildcat every once in a while, maybe on third and goal, second and goal, give them a different look, that's fine. But for your last chance, fourth and goal, you need two yards. You're not going to at least have the threat of the pass at all. It's a little frustrating. I mean, to my knowledge, I don't think Naeem Hines has ever attempted a pass in the NFL, so that well, one's you, a little yeah, perplexing. Yeah, you, you've but. got the quarterback out wide left, so you're playing ten on ten. But it, but it's for the most part, it's still a bunch formation. Everybody's bunched up tight. I've always thought down at the goal line, whether it's maybe you don't run the wildcat out of a spread formation, whatever. I've always said, spread them out and give your back a chance. These this team has great running backs with Hines and Taylor, and just give them a chance to seem. But you know, and if it works, we're all we're all seeing what a great move. I go back to if the if the rookie wideout makes the catch, we're not talking about this. Yeah, yep, a lot of big missed opportunity for the Colts on that one, and it did give the Texans some momentum. They take over at their four. Davis Mills found a bit of a rhythm here. He would lead Houston down to Indy's twenty-seven yard line. The drive would stall. And the Texans even things up with a 45-yard field goal. It's 3-3 three to three halfway through the second quarter. Colts get the ball back, and they feed their stars. 28-yard pass to Michael Pittman Jr. starts the drive. Three straight Jonathan Taylor runs, gets Indy to Houston's 25-yard line. A short pass to Pittman sets up 2nd to 7 at the 22. And then the Colts go for a screen pass at is wide open, but Matt Ryan's pass does not quite make it over the defensive end, Jerry Hughes, who intercepts the ball. Hughes, the former Colts first-round pick, just snatches it right out of the air and returns it to the 42-yard line, really, really setting up Houston with good field position, and they would take advantage. After giving up a first down on the ground, Kenny Moore is called for pass interference, uh, not a whole lot there on the play, but there was some contact, so the refs are going to throw that flag every once in a while, and Moore got dinged for that one. 33-yard penalty puts Houston at Indy's 16-yard line. The very next play, Davis Mills would hit tight end O.J. Howard up the seam for a touchdown. Extra point is good, 10-3, to and Houston takes the lead. The Colts have about... Two minutes and 30 seconds to score before the half. And Ryan and the Indianapolis offense are driving. A 20-yard pass to Michael Pittman Jr. Gets the Colts into Houston territory. But on second and six from the 30, again, Jerry Hughes. He goes right around Braden Smith and sacks Ryan, 
who fumbles. Thankfully, Indianapolis will come up with the ball, but it is a seven-yard loss. Then third and 13 becomes third and 18 after a Braden Smith false start. Really just a bad series by Smith. Matt Ryan's third down pass for Pittman is a little behind him. Falls incomplete. The Colts now out of field goal range have to punt with 45 seconds left in the half. And the defense would hold. Colts go into halftime down 10-3. to Houston would come into the third quarter firing. They start the second half of this game with the flea flicker. 42 yards. Brandon Cooks takes them into Colts territory. Indianapolis would tighten up from there and force a 43-yard field goal. Houston extends their lead 13-3. Colts with the ball now, and their drive's aided by a couple of Houston penalties. But on third and two, Matt Ryan fumbles the snap from under center. It's recovered by Houston at their own 42-yard line. Uh, Mike, this is something we kind of saw all day between Matt Ryan and Ryan Kelly. It looked like they hadn't practiced snaps all summer. What was the deal? I think, Matt, I counted at least three instances in which Matt Ryan uh, wasn't able to handle the snap. I think one from shotgun and a couple from under center. Yeah, and again, they they didn't practice or they didn't play a ton in in preseason games, but they but they practiced. I mean, the, the first unit was together the entire training camp. Uh, I think I saw something from the locker room. One of the guys reported that Ryan Kelly said one of them was on him because he he and Ryan they were on the wrong cadence. So I'm guessing Ryan got the ball earlier, late, whichever. But you can't have those are three; those are three plays that are just gone. Those are three busted plays, and and it turns into a turnover. So you just can't have that. It's tough enough to win. It's tough enough to run an efficient offense. But when you can't get the exchange uh, from the center, either either under center or shotgun, it's inexcusable. And you know. They'll get it fixed, but in this instance, it was three plays that they just botched. Yeah, absolute botch. The turnover gives Houston the ball, and they would need just four plays and a Yannick Ngakwe roughing the passer penalty to find the end zone. 22-yard pass for O.J. Howard's second touchdown of the day after just joining the Texans maybe last week. I know he was cut from the Bills, joins the Texans, and in his first game, he's got two touchdowns. His second touchdown Put the Colts down 17 points. It's a 20-3 ball game. How does Indianapolis respond? With a three and out, Ryan fumbles another stat snap. It's recovered by the Colts this time. The Colts would punt the ball to Houston with six minutes left in the third. But this is a great special teams play. Indy pins Houston down at their own one-yard line. They force a three and out. But on the punt, EJ Speed made contact, barely, but he made contact with that punter on fourth down. Five-yard penalty would give Houston a new set of downs. Uh, Houston would drive down to the Colts' 36-yard line, but that defense would kind of kind of did what they did all day as they would allow the Texans to kind of drive a little bit and then stiffen up, uh, and they would force a punt. So the mistake on for fourth down, it, it, it hurts you with field position-wise, but it did not uh, result in points for the Texans. Beginning the fourth quarter now, the Colts need to score. They're down 17. Matt Ryan would just wake up on this drive. 14 yards to Pittman, 16 yards to Doolin, 13 yards to Mo Cox, another 23 yards to Doolin, and a nine-yard pass to Naheem Hines sets Indy up with a first and goal from the four. 
First down, incomplete to Pittman on a slant. The ball was knocked away in tight coverage. Second down, Ryan would find Doolin in the back of the end zone. He's got two hands on it, two feet down, but the defender stuck his fingers in there at the last second to knock it loose. Mike, I, I get it's probably technically a, a knockaway by the defender. It's a drop. But in my book, that's a drop. You have to make that catch. Yeah, it, it, it's give the defender credit when he gets there just, just as the ball's getting there. But when the, def- the receiver's got both hands on it, you've got to secure it because you know you're either going to get hit or somebody's going to grab for it. So that that's a drop. I looked at it the first time myself, like you, and I thought, you know, did the guy knock it away? Well, yeah, he did, but you, you shouldn't let it get to that point. So – a clear drop, and as we as we see in a few plays, it cost him four points. Yeah, it's not like the defender got there right as the ball hit his hands. He's got his hands on it. He's kind of like tucking it away, and as he's securing it and trying to get his feet down, the defender sticks his hand in there. I mean, you got to give the defender credit on that one, but even still, you just have to secure that football and have stronger the hands than that. Um, let's see. So that brings up third down now, Matt Ryan forces a pass into Pierce. It's knocked away by the third overall pick, Derek Stingley Jr. And the Colts settle for a field goal to make it a two-score game, 20-6. to Houston still up by a pair of touchdowns with about 10 minutes left. The Colts' defense came up with a play right when they need one. On the second play of Houston's next drive, linebacker EJ Speed, my boy, we get to Davis Mills for a strip sack recovered by DeForest Buckner. And the Colts take over at Houston's 20. Jonathan Taylor and Ashton Doolin would get the ball down to the two. And Taylor would finish the job, slicing into the end zone on second and goal for the Colts' first touchdown of the 2022 season. The score is now 20-13 to 13 with about half a quarter left. And we have a ball game. The Colts' defense did its job and gets an, uh, did its job and forces another punt. Indy gets the ball at their own 20, down seven with four and a half minutes left. On second and 10, Matt Ryan finds Strawn for 16 yards. Then Jonathan Taylor gets rolling. He had runs of nine, 13, 13, and 14 yards on that drive. That set up a 15-yard touchdown to Michael Pittman Jr. to tie the game. Pittman just caught it near the eight, Made the first defender miss and barreled through the second defender for the touchdown. It is 20 to 20 with just under two minutes left. Time for the defense to hold up. Blankenship's kickoff would go out of bounds. Inexcusable mistake by the kicker. This sets Houston up at the 40 yard line. All they need is a field goal to take the lead. But the Colts' defense came up big again. They forced another three and out. On the ensuing punt now, Colt's going to get the ball back with a chance to go ahead and win the game. Naheem Hines fumbles the ball, but Isaiah Rogers is there to scoop it right up. I mean, the Colts just making sure nobody's leaning back on their seats. They got everybody biting nails, doing everything they can to get you sweating in this football game. Colts start the drive to potentially win the game from their own nine with a minute and 16 seconds left and two timeouts. Indy works her way up to the 42-yard line. It's third and three. Matt Ryan dumps the ball down to Jonathan Taylor with room to run. But instead of picking up the first town, Taylor runs out of bounds after gaining just two yards. It's now fourth and one with 19 seconds left. And the Colts punt and play for overtime. Mike, this was just another example of, 
you know, uh, the wrong thing in the wrong situation out of the offense. Jonathan Taylor has the ball. I mean, if he's not worried about the clock, he picks up that first down 10 times out of 10. He's one-on-one with a defender with space and just must not have known the situation that there were two timeouts and the first down was more important. A bl- mental blunder by Jonathan Taylor, who's usually so terrific. Yeah, I'm sure when when they he re- reviews the video, he'll say, man, I can't believe I did that. Because, again, if he just cuts it up, he's going to get another four or five yards. And you call a timeout, and then you, and then you're in position to take what was it would be like with what was it 19 seconds? Let's say 17 seconds, three shots. You'd have three plays uh, to get in position for a long field goal. So yeah, that's you hate to criticize that player that goes 31 for 161, but that's one he'd love to have back. So we're heading into overtime now. Texans win the toss. And Blankenship's kickoff again goes out of bounds. Can't believe it. Jaws on the ground. But thankfully, that Colts defense would have his back. Pay sacks Davis Mills on first down. Second down pass falls incomplete. On third and 17, Houston has a false start, backing them up even more. And then third down, Pay finishes what he started with another sack, giving the ball back to the Colts. All they need is a field goal to drive down and win the game. And this drive starts at the 31-yard line. Matt Ryan scrambles for 10 yards on second and 10, doing his best Carson Wentz impression on that one. Third and 10 now, Ryan finds Paris Campbell for a clutch 12 yards. We have a first down at the 47. Matt Ryan fumbles a snap yet again, the third time this has happened. But he would recover the Colts with the ball, um, they would find Naheem Hines for 15 yards on the next play. Mo Alleycox gained another 13 to set up first down at the 24-yard line. First down, JT runs for eight. Great. Second down now. Jonathan Taylor loses two yards. And on third down, Ryan takes a sack for a five-yard loss, making the game-winning field goal even farther. But still, 42-yard field goal, Blankenship, uh, with a chance to win the game well within his range. Wide right. Mike, not even close. Uh, Blankenship's a guy who usually within under 45 yards, he's pretty consistent, pretty accurate. I'm not sure if the nerves got to him or what, but this missed field goal was part of a horrendous end of the game for Blankenship with his two kickoffs that went out of bounds and then just absolutely blowing a chance to take home the victory. Yeah, you'd like to, maybe if you want to nitpick, say, boy, you had second and two at the 16, and and that would have been like a 34-yard field goal. And then, you know, Taylor loses three, and then Ryan had that naked roll to the right where earlier they hit Pittman for like 20, whatever it was. Worked perfect. And Frank Reich's rationale was, hey, if the rollout by Ryan works, Maybe they continue the drive and score a touchdown. Worst case, they're looking at a 40 or 42-yard field goal. And there was a stat, that, and he said we, we thought that that's 80, 80 percentile. And someone on the Indy Star put out there that since 2000 or whatever it's been, that it's it's 82.3% on, on 42-yarders. And you look at – I was looking at uh, Blankenship. He was – 
He is 27 of 31 on 42 yarders. That's 87%. That's still not really what you want inside the 40. But if your kicker can't kick, and go back and look, if that's a 34-yarder, he still misses it. That, that's it. Yeah. That's how wide right it was. So if if you're going to be a championship team, if you're going to be a team that thinks it should win the AFC South, my goodness, kick a 42-yarder. I wrote about it in my main story uh, for online is there was so much that went wrong. You know, three botched center snaps and a wildcat and drop touchdowns and this, that, and the other. The defense, Kitty Moore with a couple of penalties. None of that matters if your kicker kicks a 42-yard field goal. Now, we saw there was some strange kicking across the league uh, Sunday, but you cannot, if, if you can't rely on your kicker to kick a 42-yarder, then what are you doing? And I'm guessing, I'm guessing they'll have people come in for tryouts this week. But the one thing you that you really don't want to get into, it, it's two things and they're both kind of bad. One is sticking with a kicker that you don't have confidence in, which I really think is where they're at. And the second is playing musical chairs at, 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 at kicker. You know, it's probably harder to replace your kicker than it is to replace your left tackle, you know, in, in, in finding things once the season starts. So, you know, I, I believe Michael Badgley's still out there. I think Chase McLaughlin's still out there, I think. But, you know, when the season starts, guys are out there. Well, I always said this. Guys are out there for a reason. You, you think that the 32 teams, lots of players sit out there that they think can, can play at a decent level. So we'll see. Uh but the way they've handled, you know, we've talked about this, and they, they've got they entered the season with two or three really concerns, and kicker was one of them. It just was. Go back to how they handled uh, Blankenship last year when he had the injury, then he was ready to kick after a month, and they said that's okay, just you know, let yourself get really, really healthy. We're we're okay with Badgley, so we'll see. But it's. Uh, they say it comes down to, you know, it never comes down to one play, but yeah, it did. It came down to one play. Your kicker has to kick a 42 yard field goal. Yeah, and he couldn't get it done. There's still two minutes left in this game. The Texans still have a chance to win. All they need is a field goal. Davis Mills leads Houston down to Indy's 47, but on third and one, Big Grover Stewart stuffs Rex Burkhead for a two yard loss, and that would pretty much seal the tie. A final score of 20 to 20 like Mike said at the top of the show the first Colts tie since 1982 before we get into takeaways here Mike were there any injuries in this game I did not see any was there anything that I missed no I I I, I was a little curious whether Pierce would be held out for concussion protocol but he wasn't that was a pretty vicious hit so no not, nothing was reported I initially thought maybe that Matt Pryor was dinged up because they went. They they brought in uh, Bernhard Ryman for for a handful of plays, but apparently they're going to start rotating or at least uh, giving the rookie a chance to play left tackle. Gotcha. With, uh, going into takeaways here now, um, while we're talking about the offensive line, what did you think about their performance? I didn't honestly, uh, in terms of you know someone standing out it was Braden Smith who got dominated by Jerry Hughes for a few plays I didn't notice as much going on um, at left tackle what was your 
overall thoughts on the offensive line this week? Same. I, I thought I thought there was there was some pressure off the edges, but much more unfortunately from Braden Smith. I thought he had trouble with with Jerry Hughes. He just did the speed rush. Thirty uh, four year old Jerry Hughes. Right. They. I think I saw that Houston had seven quarterback hits, which sounds like a lot, but but Ryan dropped back fifty four times. So I think you know if you drop back fifty four times, you're going to get hit. You know it's. But there were two sacks, and one of them was the one at the end, which was sort of a, 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 a gimme sack with, with the rollout, you know, getting into field goal position, I guess. So I, I thought the line played it well, and, and, and they ran the ball well. It was This was one of the stranger Taylor games, 161 yards, and his long carry was uh, 17. Normally when you go 161, you've got a – a 40 or a 50 in there that pumps it up, but he just wore him down. They talked about monitoring JT's workload. They didn't, he wasn't on a pitch count on Sunday. Uh, we'll see how this goes moving forward. And, and as Reich told us before, there'll be games where he has 30 and there'll be games where he has 18. So it, it'll probably even out. I thought, But I thought the line played well except for a handful of instances. And the problem is when you have a breakdown, they normally just kill you. You know, the, the one where EJ Speed gets a free a free shot on, on Davis Mills and it's a, it's a sack fumble. Those are the ones you just can't have. And, and, and the one with with Jerry Hughes, Braden just got beat with a speed rush and it and it blew up on him. Yeah, he probably wasn't ready for the speed rush against Hughes. But, um, yeah, talking more takeaways here. Mike, the Colts would move the ball all over the field, but they failed to finish drives. 519 total yards is currently first in the NFL before tonight's Monday night showdown between the Broncos and the Seahawks. Per SB Nation's Josh Wilson, it's just the ninth time in Colts history they topped 500 yards and held their opponent under 300 yards. The first time since 2014, the Colts were 8-0 in all previous instances of this happening. Really just perplexing how they found a way to not come away with a win in this one. And it came down to not scoring points once they got in close. The Colts drove into Houston's territory nine times, and they reached Houston's 30 eight separate times, and they still came away with just 20 points. That's inexcusable. And, Mike, that's something we witnessed out of this Colts team at the beginning of last season. They would drive down, they'd get near the goal line or into scare, scoring territory, and they weren't coming away with enough touchdowns. Yeah, and, and that's what we're going to hear, finish, finish, finish. And when you do, you, you you find a way to win. When you don't, you you generally lose one possession games, or in this case, the rear ties. So. When we talk to Frank Reich later today, I'm guessing it's going to be, hey, we just need to finish. And he's right. It's, you know, execute when you need to, the, the wildcat. The, the the two touchdown catches that were drops, one was a tough play because the, the DB, you know, helped cause the, 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 the non-catch. The other by the rookie, you hate to keep coming back and pounding on the rookie, but, you know, he's a pro now. Make catches. You know, and as we said earlier, it wasn't exactly a real tough catch. He did a great job of getting open after Ryan scrambled a little bit, but it, it's just I think Frank, like Frank said, uh, 500 yards. When when you get 500 yards, you, you should score 40 points. And he's right. 
and he's right. And when you don't, when when you let things go by, when you leave points on the field, or especially early, you know, if if the Wildcat scores or Pierce scores a touchdown, it's 10-0, and then who knows? Who knows how things go? So you allow a team to hang around early, and then 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 you're scrambling late, and and again, their fortunes come out of there with a tie. If 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 that if that's a positive takeaway at least, at least they didn't lose yeah yeah and I'll take it as a positive I mean there's there's a lot of negative things it, it was such a weird game there were so many negative things that were happening there were so many positive things that happened as well I guess you know it, it feels like a loss but it doesn't count as a loss in the standing so um, I, I'll, I'll take that as a Colts fan let's talk about Matt Ryan's debut he finishes 32 of 50 for 352 yards, that's currently second to only Patrick Mahomes right now in the yardage category. He had one touchdown pass, one interception on that screen. He fumbled four times, uh, only lost one of them, and he was sacked two other times, both by Jerry Hughes, who just had a crazy game. Um, we've talked about Kelly and Ryan have got to fix the snap issues, uh, one botch snap is inexcusable, let alone three. We talked about Matt Ryan having two touchdown passes dropped. So this could have been a much better day for Ryan statistically. What did you think of his overall performance? Good enough. I mean, good enough if other things hadn't happened. You know, like you said, just, just the two plays, not spectacular plays, but two plays. He's 34 for 54. Oh, 360, 365 and three touchdowns. And and they and they probably win maybe going away uh with the touchdown. So I, I thought he did his job. The, the the fumble snaps we talked about, you can't have that. That's that's I don't care if you're a rookie, you can't have that. So if they get that kind of game, and this I don't mean we don't need to be Ryan apologists at all. But if they get that kind of game out of him every week, they're gonna be fine. They will. Yeah. He sh- it's funny. He showed people that he he's not exactly Michael Vick, but he can run. He can he can do things. And and w- when it's there, he's going to pick up a a scramble first down or whatever. They're, they're not going to live and die on that. But you know, in the fourth quarter when they really had to get going, really had to turn it up. He's twelve and nineteen for one forty six in the touchdown. So, you know, he was good enough. JT was more than good enough. Pittman was more than good enough. But this team, as we've said, I think many times, is not good enough to do, you know, the the, the mistakes and the missed assignments and whatever and the fumbles. They're not good enough to overcome that. They just aren't. Yeah, and, you know, I, I thought I was happy with Ryan's debut. I thought he was pretty good overall, like you mentioned he picked up a couple first down with his legs. That's not something a lot of people were expecting going into the game. Threw for a ton of yards. Um, I thought other than the fumbles, he took pretty good care of the ball. Obviously, the screen pass interception is kind of a weird play that you'd like to have back. Uh, if he gets that over the defender, Jonathan Taylor might have scored on that one because it, it was blocked up pretty nicely. Um but yeah, his playmakers are just going to have to make plays. And that's kind of our next takeaway here. Before we move on to the next one, though, I do want to zoom out for a second and acknowledge that Matt Ryan with that game surpassed 6,000 or 60,000, I'm sorry, 60,000 pass yards for his career. 
He passes Drew Brees as, or I'm sorry, he passes Peyton Manning as the second fastest to ever hit that milestone. Uh, only Drew Brees did it faster. So Matt Ryan's been around for a long time. He's been playing at a high level for a long time. And he played at a high level on Sunday. Talking about his weapons, it was Taylor, it was Pittman, and not a whole lot else. They really did the heavy lifting in this game. The two of them combined for nearly 300 yards. Jonathan Taylor uh, did not get any kind of rest whatsoever. 35 touches in this game. 161 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Another four catches for 14 yards through the air. Pittman caught nine of 13 targets for 121 yards and a touchdown. The next best, the next best producer was Naheem Hines. He had nine touches for 54 total yards, 50 of them receiving. Um, no other Colt had more than three touches. That would be Ashton Doolin, who had three catches for 46 yards. Mike, we kind of talked all offseason about this wide receiver group. We didn't think it was good enough. The Colts were very adamant that they liked their young guys. They're going to roll with the young guys. Well, one could argue pretty easily that taking that strategy at wide receiver costs them a win in week one because if Doolin or Pierce makes that catch in the end zone, the Colts uh, probably win this game. They would at least have the lead. Houston would have to um, have scored more points than they did. What do you think about this offensive skill position group? Is it enough uh, for Matt Ryan behind Taylor, behind Pittman? Because at certain points, other guys are going to have to step up, and they didn't in this game, and it costs them. Yeah, and we saw Julio Jones make some big plays uh, last night, which rubs it in even more. Yeah, but but they had their chances. I mean, you mentioned the the tut or the 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 receptions, but but Ryan gave guys chances. Doolin had six targets. Paris Campbell had four. Kylan Granson had seven. Only three catches, which is not enough. Moali Cox only two targets, and Pierce two targets and no no receptions. I'm not a football brainiac. But it's not a good game when Jerry Hughes has more catches from Ryan than Alec, Alec Pierce does. Not a good thing. So we'll see. But but again, with all the concerns, and I do have concerns about the, the, the experience of the group, the production of the group, if, if Pierce just catches the ball and if Doolin just catches it, that shouldn't be an experience thing. It just, it's, that's, that, that's what you do. That's your job. So again... It's amazing how how one play, a bad kick, shines a really, really bright spotlight on the glaring deficiencies. Uh, glaring, the deficiencies. Again, if Blankenship makes a kick, then you say, well, you know, it's too bad these guys didn't do this or didn't that, but, but they won. Well, when you don't win, everything that you do wrong or come up short with is just magnified, and that's what we're talking about. Yeah, if Blankenship, you know, all the things we've discussed, if Blankenship makes that kick, we're sitting here talking about how Matt Ryan led the Colts on a 17-point fourth-quarter comeback to win the game in his first-ever all-game. The narrative is completely it would, it would have been It would have been a 20-point comeback. I mean, 20 points at the end, 20 and answered points to win. You're right, 17 points from behind. It, it's that, That's why this game is so close and penalties and turnovers and all this. When it, it, It's it's it's... I'm not going to say it's unfair because this is the NFL, but guys have jobs to do. And the problem with a kicker is 
let's say you're a left tackle and you play, or this in this case, 90 plays that the offense had. You play 90 plays and you're really good on 85 of them. You probably had a pretty good game as long as you didn't give up a couple of strip sacks. If you're a kicker and you're out there, I don't know. I, I didn't figure up his 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 on field time. Let, let's say a dozen times, and you you pound two kickoffs out of bounds. Fortunately, you're like you said, the defense has your back, and, and you you spray a 42 yard game winning field goal wide right. You had a bad game. You had a bad game because your 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 time your time to do bad things and atone for it is slim. So it's it's unfair, but that that's that's the job of a kicker, and that's why you see teams change kickers often because you just can't wait for a kicker to get it right. So you know, will Blanket should be the kicker this week? My gut says yes, I guess because I don't know what they find better. And like I said, the one thing they don't want to do is start getting into a week to week, month to month changing kickers. That that's that's not going to work. That that never seldom works. This has been an issue for the Colts since Vinatieri's final year, where he played through injuries and just kind of went out on a you know a low note, missing a lot of field goals. Um, entering the season, the Colts made eighty point six percent of their field goals since twenty nineteen. That is the sixth worst in the NFL. Mike, uh, you provided that stat on Twitter. Um, at mchapel51, go follow him. Hot Rod's made 83.3% of his field goals in his career. It's not good enough. But but it's not good enough, and this is the second game in a row that he's missed a potential game wicker winner. The last game he played was the Baltimore game, and I get it. He was kicking hurt. He was kicking through injury. But now the last two times we've seen Hot Rod, he's missed game-winning kicks, not been good enough when it really mattered at the end of the game. How long do you think the leash is on Blankenship? Do you think he has another week or two to kind of prove himself before they move on? What would it take for the Colts to go with a different kicker? Well, maybe they will. I, I just I, I think that this team realizes it can't go back to nineteen when when they stuck with Vinatieri until he couldn't kick anymore because he had he had the, the ended up having knee surgery. That was a little different because it, and Frank said at the time, well, he says this guy's been around and. He admitted he's got a longer leash. Well, that's not the that's not the case here. That's not the case here. It's it's just going to be whether or not they believe they can bring somebody in who gives them more consistency. We talked about leg strength and can you knock down a fifty-five yarder? Well, yeah, you have to occasionally. Forty-two yards. That's not. I'm surprised it's only like eighty-two percent. To me, that that seems like it, it should be a lot higher for these kickers nowadays but uh you can't i think we went back and looked in vinnie's last year that the kicking cost him probably three games you gonna do that again i mean are you gonna do that again but it it, it would it i kind of expect playing a trip to be the kicker again this week only because you don't want to get into that that cycle of of uncertainty but at the same time these guys know the value of these wins and if they can bring in somebody that they that they just have more faith in, and it won't, it won't that won't take a lot because I don't think they have a lot of faith in Hot Rod right now. I really don't. So so what what happens? You go to Jacksonville and, and he's your kicker, and it's you yeah you know, it's fourth and two. And are you going to go for it for a forty yard field goal, or you want are you going to go for it? 
you know, that, that, that and that's going to come into the equation now because you don't trust your kicker. It just messes up everything. Uh, I'm curious to see how, how they handle this. Like I say, the problem is it's just not easy to find replacements, uh, especially kicker, because you bring in a kicker and he doesn't get good for a game or two, then he botches one. So we'll see. But they've always got – I'm sure Ballard, Chris Ballard's got a big board at all positions and, and of guys that are available, and I'm sure he's got a list of 8 to 10 kickers varying degrees of, of, of experience and productivity. But rest assured, they, they are talking about that long and hard last night and today. Yeah, I mean, given that there aren't just reliable kickers out there on the street waiting, waiting to be picked up, if I had to guess, I'd say Blankenship is there again this Sunday against Jacksonville. But if he has another poor game, I would not be surprised. Didn't did, did you, Colts... did you change because you, the rest of the team says, wait a minute, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, it, it's these players again. You you got Taylor. Now, Taylor would never do it, but you, you've you've got players who are out there and and every play, and they're giving this, that, and the other. They get hit, and comes down to a kick, and you look at the guy and you say, "Hey, do your job." You know, we're not asking you to kick a sixty-one yarder. We're actually need to kick a forty-two yard field goal. Do your job. Yeah, and and it's just a mental issue at that point. I mean, you can't put it other way than it was a choke job. I mean, he's got plenty of leg. Uh, he should be able to make that field goal. Same with the kickoffs. I mean, the rest, the entire beginning of the game until the very end, the fourth quarter and overtime kicks, the kickoffs were fine. And then he just botches the two out of bounds. I don't know if it was nerves, his first game back in quite a while uh, after sitting out the second half of last season or what it was. But professional kickers need to perform better than that. Well, like, 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 like you mentioned, one last thing, like you mentioned, you kick the overtime kickoff out of bounds. They're at the four after doing it once already. They're at the forty yard line. You you said that they need like I don't know, two first downs, twenty five yards, and Fairburn's kicking a game winning field goal. Yep, yep. Uh, rough stuff, but somehow the Colts didn't lose. They and the Texans sit atop the AFC South at zero zero and one. That's because the Titans start zero and one with the season opening loss at home. To the New York Giants. They lost 21 to 20. The Giants took the lead on a late two point conversion that would ultimately win the game for them. Gutsy call by Brian Dable in his first game as a head coach. And they also had a kicking issue. They had, I believe, a 47 yarder um, that would have won the game for them after the Giants scored to make it 21 to 20. And they missed their field goals. So they're not the only team in the AFC South that um, had a chance to win the game on the field goal and missed. Tennessee really had no answer for Saquon Barkley, who put up nearly 200 yards from scrimmage, and the Giants held Derrick Henry to just 82 yards on 21 carries. I'll do the math for you. That is under four yards a pop. Henry um, still trying to work his way into peak form. He looked so good early last year. Then he had the injury and has not quite shown that same kind of explosiveness and ability to really break the long ones yet. We'll see if it happens as the year goes on. Jacksonville also starts 0-1 after losing 28-22 to Carson Wentz in the Commanders in Washington. Wentz was 27-41 for 313 yards, four touchdown passes, and two interceptions. On the other side, Trevor Lawrence, who will be facing this Colts defense next, or I guess this coming week, this coming Sunday, 
uh, was 24 of 42 for 275 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, the other uh, thing of note here, running back James Robinson, who just tore his Achilles in December, continues to, uh, I guess, beat the odds in his recovery. He averaged over six yards per carry and had two touchdowns in his first game back, just about half a year removed, uh, maybe a little more than half a year removed from that torn Achilles. So that's certainly amazing to see. We will preview the Colts versus Jaguars game on Thursday. Dave Griffiths will join us for that one. We'll break that down because the Colts have another streak to break. They'll be in Jacksonville trying to break their um, losing ways that they've had down that. What is it, Mike? Seven straight losses in Jacksonville? It's Andrew Luck's uh, rookie year, 2000, or uh, in 2014 was the last win. They've lost seven straight road games, including one in London, and they've just been awful down there. Awful. And that is the place where they'll try and make amends for not only their tie week one, but for their loss in week 17 of last year that kept them out of the playoffs. We'll get you ready for that game in just a few days. Thank you so much for listening, Colts fans. It's been an interesting week one, and it's only going to get better as we go throughout the season. So for myself, Joe Hopkins, for Mike Chappell, um, you can follow the Colts Blue Zone on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone. Follow Mike Chappell at mchapel 51 You can follow me at Roto Street Joe. Um, check out Mike's work online. He'll have things throughout the week um, on fox59.com and cbs4indy.com. And, of course, um, his Twitter will keep you updated on all the things that don't necessarily warrant a full article over, but just nice things to know as the week goes along. So, again, thank you for listening, and have a good one, Colts fans.